1: your Eyes, full hearts a podcast presentation of black barrel media and ritual productions this is an episode by episode look at the award-winning tv show friday night lights created by peter berg i'm stacy oristano and i played mindy collette riggins
0: and i'm Derek phillips and i played billy riggins
1: Our assumption is that you, our listeners, have already watched the show.
0: But if you haven't already, go watch Friday Night Lights, which is currently streaming on Netflix and Peacock TV, because there will be spoilers in our podcast.
1: If you want to support our show, subscribe for free to our YouTube channel, where you can access exclusive content. We have a YouTube handle that makes it easy to find us. That's youtube.com slash at clear eyes, full hearts. Also, we are continuing to release new episodes of the podcast every other week.
0: That's right. So join us as we recap all your favorite episodes and chat with amazing guests.
1: And? answer your questions email us what you want to know at clear eyes full hearts pod at gmail.com today season four episode nine the lights in carroll park it was written by patrick massett and directed by christopher missiano the synopsis from nbc reads coach taylor and betty garrity crusade to make an east Dillon park safer for the players while becky faces the consequences of her one night stand with
0: luke i didn't even know she'd had a one night stand there's so much to unpack in this episode but before we get into it we're going to answer your fan questions got some fan questions here and the first one comes from a gentleman named sam little who says i just want to ask about the day you found out the show wasn't coming back from interviews i've read there were potential plans for a sixth season which didn't happen i just want to know if you guys knew the show wasn't coming back before shooting season five or if you found out during the filming of season five did the knowledge of wow this is our last time kind of change the dynamics on set or how you looked at the experience as a whole Great question, Sam. To the best of my knowledge, the way I remember it going down, frankly, was that we were pretty much canceled after season two. That was the vibe that I got. I got a phone call from Kyle Chandler saying, hey, ma'am, we just got picked up for season three. And not only did we get picked up for season three, we got three, four and five. So we knew... I knew at least coming back that we were guaranteed seasons three, seasons four and season five. Now I didn't know if I was going to be around for all of that. I don't think Stacy knew if she was going to be around for all of that, but I'd never heard any talk of there being a season six. I think all of us knew that once season five was over with, that was it. It was done. The writers had kind of told us that that was it and that was done. Now I know for me, like there was definitely this feeling of like, wow, we're coming to the end of this, especially once the fifth season started. And the crazy thing about the fifth season, too, is that usually we would take like four months off in between seasons. And if you remember correctly, Stacey, the break between season four and season five was like maybe two months. I it was remember. like a really, yeah, it was a really, really quick hiatus. It was like, wow, we're back and we're shooting. That whole fifth season was kind of like a swan song. You know, it was a lot of former Actors from the show coming back onto the show, having their kind of like last minute wrap up or actors that had been on the show for years, like Jesse Plemons having his last couple of episodes early on in in season five. So it was bittersweet. It's the best way to describe it, I guess. What was your experience with Stace?
1: As far as I can remember, and again, you guys, a lot of concussions. I remember when we were picked up for three, four, and five, we knew that that was it. From the moment we started season three, we knew that season five was the end. That's like, oh, great. We're going to go do three seasons. And then in season five, we were like watching it wrap up. And it was like, I love the way this is ending. It was still sad. I don't remember talking about season six ever at all.
0: I don't either. I don't either. I mean, I think all of us were just kind of so blown away that we had gotten season three, four, and five because the show literally had pretty much been canceled. I don't think it was official 100% canceled, but it was done. The writer's strike had happened. Our ratings were not good at all. We were not getting viewership. We were always critically acclaimed, but we never had viewers. It's unfortunate. This has been such a a fun ride with all these great people. And so when I got that phone call from Kyle Chandler out of the blue, I was like, seriously, like it blew my mind that we were even coming back. So all of us, I think we're just very, very grateful to even be back for a season three, much less a four and a five. But I also think it gave the writers a really wonderful opportunity. A lot of network television, especially back then, and a lot of network television now, especially with dramas and comedies, does a 22-episode season. And that can be really, really difficult especially on a drama, because you're talking, you know, hour long, 45 minute episodes every single week, 22 episodes a year. That's a lot of content to kind of just push out there. And so what you see, especially with a lot of dramas is there'll be what you call like a filler episode. You know, it's not really pushing any overarching storyline ahead. And so what I think it gave the writers an opportunity to do was say, hey, we've got these short 13 episode seasons. We can, you know, map out exactly the story we want to tell. We don't have to have any filler episodes. Every episode is going to be moving towards a goal and moving towards a final you know theme it also gave them a chance to kind of write out the characters in season three knowing that they were going to bring in new characters in season four and then know what the final arc of that season is in season five a lot of shows don't know they're done until they're done so a lot of shows are almost always writing that final episode of their season is maybe this is the end and maybe there's a couple of cliffhangers, but we knew we were done. And so it gave our writers an opportunity to really write a show ender as opposed to a season ender. Like season one, if you notice, like season one, we weren't sure if we were coming back. So what the writers did is they wrote an ending for season one that I think most fans could be okay with if it never came back. But there's still a lot of unanswered questions. You still want to see more of what happens with these characters. And in season five, I think we got the ending that everybody kind of wanted. I'm beyond happy with the way the show ended. I
1: love it. I don't want to tell any more of the story. I was in the camp yeah, of where n- I don't want to do a movie.
0: As much as I'd love to work with all you guys again.
1: I want the money, but I don't want to <laughs> tell any more of this
0: story. I just
1: and don't. And I'd love to
0: work with all you guys again, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't want to destroy what we created. I think mm-hmm. it was pretty beautiful
1: i've said this before and i definitely will talk about it again when we get to season five for the very final episode the crew had like actual money bets placed on who would cry the most when they filmed their last scene (laughs) and all of them placed their money on me and thank god that i had to cry in that scene it's the scene where i give becky back to her mom i didn't have any lines all i had to do is cry and i was so sad anyway but guess who cried more than me?
0: There was a lot of crying overall. I don't want to sit here and say that some people cried more than others. The one that cried the most? Who? Kyle Chandler. Kyle
1: cried, cried more we than me. And all, all, all of the crew lost I
0: thought it. you were going to say that I cried a lot, no, too. No, it was Kyle. We all did. It was beautiful. I don't know. The whole experience, I think, for all of us. I think all of us recognized that this was a really special project and that these don't come along no, very often, wasn't you know?
1: You guys were yeah. like my best friends. It was beautiful inside crying because it was beautiful and crying because yeah. it was over, whatever.
0: I say bittersweet because it is one of those things where it's been such a wonderful gift. This show was such a wonderful gift. But then there's that other part of you as an actor that's always trying to stretch and always trying to grow and ready to look for a new experience and find another job. And it's bittersweet, man. That's just I'm just now noticing it.
1: that as you're saying this, that you're wearing an NCIS hat. You're part of the gang <laughs> now at NCIS. I am. You're fancy now. You got a hat from NCIS, I think, before you got one from Friday Night Lights.
0: I got this. Hat actually from Vanessa Lachey, which I thought was very kind of her. Like my second or third episode, oh, she left me sweet. a hat in my trailer and said, Thank you so much for being a part of this show. We love having you on it, which I thought was that's really cool. Very She's very sweet.
1: cool.
0: She's very cool. I've got a recurring role on NCIS Hawaii right now. And, and that had to
1: a- prove it.
0: But I still love Friday night lights. That doesn't mean I love Friday night lights any less. Stacey, we got other questions here. We gotta stop jibber jabber. We could talk about this for an hour.
1: Our next yeah. question comes from Jim in Canada, who asks, Will you please give your thoughts on the scene in season four, episode seven in the bag with Landry on the highway and what the writers were trying to accomplish there? As far as I'm concerned, it had too much similarity to season three episode Hello Goodbye with Tyra returning to old habits. Okay, so he's comparing the scene. Okay, this is the landing on the highway on the cell phone. Is it the one where he's waiting for Tyra to, to meet him midway? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Similarities to Hello, Goodbye, Tyra Tree. Yeah, a little bit. I totally see what you're talking about. Tyra could be not flighty, but heavy in her ways of like, she does what she wants to do. Like, I can see
0: yeah, it. Yeah, I think the big thing that the writers were trying to get across here was just that there's finally closure in that relationship, I think, for Landry. And yes, I agree that it can be somewhat repetitive in terms of the way things went with them in season three. But I do think that this finally gives Landry that sense of closure. It's like he's been holding out, hoping that maybe Tyra is still there. There and that there's still some kind of feelings, but when she doesn't meet him at that halfway point, he's like, you know what, this relationship's done. I kind of feel bad in those moments for people that like played the character. Yeah,
1: because Annie didn't know that was happening. This scene
0: even took place probably yeah. until she saw it live on television.
1: I did say last episode that a rigging's gonna rig and also a collect gonna collect, guys. <laughs> It's in our blood. (laughs) You're going to do what you want to
0: do. All right. Our final question comes from Sarah in San Antonio, who writes, I'm only halfway through season three of the podcast, so please forgive me if this has been answered already. But my question is, where did the saying, clear eyes, full hearts can't lose, come from? Is there a backstory to the saying? Was it scripted? It feels like there should be a grand story behind it because it is so impactful and truly a motto that I try to live by. That is a fantastic question, Sarah. There is a... Pretty grand story behind mm-hmm. it, actually. And no, we have not answered this on the show. But Peter Berg had a line in the film version of Friday Night Lights that was delivered by Billy Bob Thornton, who played the head coach of the Odessa Permian Panthers. And the line was, if you can look at your teammates with clear eyes and loving your heart, then you're perfect. And that phrase, you know, clear eyes, full hearts can't lose, came out of that. Peter Berg said in an interview that there was a coach at Odessa Permian when he was doing research for the film who used to scream, be perfect. And Pete thought that that was an amazing phrase. And when he asked the coach about the phrase, the coach said that perfection had nothing to do with result. Perfection had to do with effort. And perfection had to do with respect of your teammates, respect of yourself and character. And that if you aspired for Mm. those things, then you were in his mind, perfect. Oof, goosebumps. Yeah, that really registered with Pete. And that's where the phrase clear eyes, full hearts came from. The idea that if you give all your effort, you respect yourself, you respect your teammates, you have solid character, then your eyes will be clear, your heart will be full. And in that respect, there's no way that you can then lose. So yeah, that's where the phrase comes from. And
1: also there were some political campaigns that used this phrase. And we, as the women of Friday Night Lights, wrote a letter in Vanity Fair saying, you're not allowed to do that because you don't stand for what the phrase means.
0: And Pete specifically put a cease and desist on one political campaign using it because it's his words and it's his creation. And he has the right to do that. But yeah, that's where the phrase comes from.
1: Can you think of another show that has a phrase like that that's so indebted into that show?
0: Good times. Kid Dynamite. No, I don't know. Not something right that's now. become a think... mantra for people. And it really is. I mean, there's something really beautiful about it. I see high school football teams. Using that phrase, it's kind of been embedded in a lot of sports.
1: The only thing I can think of right now is them throwing DJ Jesse Jeff out of the house in Fresh Prince.
0: What? How is that a catchphrase?
1: It's not, but it's like a thing that, oh, sticks that out as always about. Yeah. Show.
0: He got thrown out of the house multiple times. Yeah. No, I mean the clear eyes, full hearts can't lose phrases. It's a really cool concept, and I love the story behind it specifically. You know that idea that if you're supporting each other, if you're working hard, if you're you know, taking care of your end of things, then you can't lose. I've always kind of had that idea myself as an actor. It's like I'm pursuing this thing. It's really difficult. It's, It's a crazy business. But at the end of the day, if you're putting that effort in, if you're out there putting your butt on the line weekly and you know that you're doing the best you can at every one of these auditions, even if you don't get the job, you know that you put the work in and that's satisfying enough. I don't think I could live with myself if I knew that I wasn't given 100%. You know, and I think that that's kind of what the motto stands for. And I think it's a a great way to live life. That being said, I think we're going to jump into the rewatch portion. Everyone ready? I am. Yeah, you, everyone. Okay, sure. Let's do it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, so this is where I feel like the NBC synopsis that I read gave spoilers of the episode because me watching this we find out Becky's pregnant and my brain goes wait is it Luke or is it Riggins and I just know from being a part of the show that it isn't Riggins but I'm assuming that wasn't what the audience was questioning too am I wrong or do you think that's what it was
0: no I mean we saw that there were some sparks with her and Luke a mm -hmm. few episodes back she's kissed Riggins twice now and we don't know what happened after that I don't know much about the birds and the bees but I do know that it takes more than a kiss To get pregnant. It does? (laughs) Maybe it was insinuated, but like we never saw what actually happened. So I think that it's kind of fair to go, whoa, she's pregnant. Who's the father? I
1: think they did it on purpose. A little who did it. Yeah. I think that that's probably true.
0: Yeah. Throws a pretty big curveball for Becky here. Moving
1: on. Why is coach looking for Tink? I feel like I missed
0: something. Tinker just hasn't shown up to a couple of practices. And when coach goes to Tinker's house, I I think it's his sister. or His mom says Mm -hmm. he's probably up at Carroll Park. Coach is unfamiliar with Carol Park. To be honest with you, Coach is kind of unfamiliar with a lot of East Dillon. Ah,
1: it was a device to get us to Carol Park. Yes. 100%. Derek, C., this is why you're here. I sometimes don't understand things in the show, and you help me understand them. Not in life. Oh, I help
0: practice. you in life too. We don't know why Tinker wasn't showing up to practice and that never kind of gets answered, but you know, mm-hmm. he was just hanging out at Carroll Park. We don't know why. I mean, that's one of the problems coaches had with this team in general is that a lot of these kids just aren't showing up to practice or that, you know, they're not completely and totally committed. Or we find out like in the case of Vince, and I'm sure that there may have been some extracurricular activities for Tinker, that there's a lot of stuff that's preventing these kids from trying to accomplish their goals. We're going to see some of that pop in its head back up again for Vince in this episode. It's like, he can't get away from his past. And we yeah. don't know what Tinker's past is, but maybe there's some of that there. We don't know, but all we know is Got Tinker's it. not showing up. And yeah, you're right. It's advice to get us to Carroll Park. And when we get to Carroll Park, we see that East Dillon is a whole other side of town.
1: Speaking of, I, I didn't know about the gun, about the gunshot, about the yeah. gun violence. That I didn't know that we dealt with that on this show. And it seems a couple of times in this episode with talk about abortion and with this gun violence, I don't want to say that FNL was ahead of its time because these were always pressing issues, but it's so even more prevalent now. It hit me hard.
0: I think the thing that FNL did really well when they tried to tackle issues like this is try to present things from both sides. In this episode, it's not just we're going to send in a white savior and everything's going to be okay in this community. It doesn't work like that. And, you know, as far as the abortion issue is concerned, I don't want to jump in the middle of that myself. But I think good storytelling does that. I think good storytelling presents an issue. It doesn't wrap the issue up for you. It doesn't soapbox and tell you exactly what you're supposed to think. It says, hey, this is one side of an issue. This is another side of an issue. Maybe you should think about it. Make your own decisions.
1: And there's nothing preachy about it. It's just this is life.
0: This is life. This is what's happened. Yeah. This is the reality of it. There's a wonderful song by <laughs> a band called Live back in the day. This one thing always struck me where they talk about this is not a black and white world. To be alive, I say the colors must swirl. And I believe that maybe today we will all learn to appreciate the beauty of gray. It's something that kind of always struck me and stuck with me as I was pursuing a career in this business. As an actor, it's our job kind of to sit there and go, okay, this character does some stuff that I don't believe in. I don't agree with. Why is he doing what he's doing? So I have to find the why. I don't have to agree with it as a person, but I have to find the why. I personally would not steal copper wire. I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how down on my luck I am. I'm not going to go break down cars and sell their component parts. I'm not going to do that. That's not who I am as a person. And it wouldn't matter how much I was in debt, but Billy does that. So I have to know why Billy does that. doesn't mean I condone Billy's actions. And so I think that's a wonderful thing that we as actors get to pursue and as artists we get to pursue is that question of why people act the way they do kind of gives you empathy because you Mm -hmm. at that point have to figure out why a person is acting the way they do. So for that reason and that reason alone, I think every kid should, you know, take acting classes because I think it will help you with empathy.
1: Oh, I agree. Empathy and communication. Speaking of why, I wonder if Steve had to have a why about why Glenn goes and tells Coach that he kissed his
0: wife. Is this the most uncomfortable scene that we've had on this show? It's right up there. It's so cringeworthy. I'm sitting there going, dude, shut up. Shut up. And because Except- I know Steve, I'm literally going, Shut up, Steve. It's what are you Kyle doing? And,
1: Steve, and it made me yeah. giggle because it's them. But yeah, as yeah. an outside viewer, I'd be like, Oh no, please, please, no, please, no, please, no. Let's go away. They play
0: the scene so well too. Kyle's reaction is like, I'm gonna kill this guy. <laughs> he starts laughing, like that crazy laugh. Yeah, that, that <laughs> crazy laugh. <laughs> yeah. Kyle was so cool. And Kyle and Steve and I, I mean, Steve and I were buddies you know, long before Friday Night Lights. But Kyle, like, invited us years ago to go to, like, a Dodgers game together with him and his daughter. And, I mean, we became buddies. So to see this, you know, reaction between Kyle and Steve, it's really kind of fantastic. They do a great job. And Kyle literally looks like he's going to kill him. He (laughs) he just looks like he's like, all right, I'm about ready to go off and go nuts. Oh, Glenn. Sweet, Uh, sweet Glenn. Great scene.
1: JD called his math teacher a bitch. Yeah, Like, they are actively trying to get me to hate this character, right?
0: Yeah, and let that be a lesson to you parents at home. If you act like a jackass, the chances of your children becoming jackasses increases exponentially. So get it together. It was good to see Joe McCoy again in a weird way. Like, I missed hating him. I was like, oh, there's that guy I can't stand. I did not yeah. have
1: that same feeling. No, I did. I like Delphi, so that made me happy. I like I to hate my
0: antagonists in a TV show. And I was like, yeah, oh, I, get I hate it. that bastard. There oh, he is. That's the bad guy. Yeah.
1: Uh, but also in that same token, he talks about the McCoys are splitting up or separated. Mm-hmm. To quote a chorus line, I felt nothing. I didn't know if I was supposed to care that their family is breaking up. I don't know.
0: I didn't feel anything for Joe McCoy because I think Joe McCoy has earned everything that comes his way at this point in time. I will say that I am a bit of a softie. And as much as I can't stand JD McCoy this season, this did kind of make me feel for the kid. It reminded me once again, I'm like, yeah, he is just a kid.
1: Mm, Could be part of why he's acting out.
0: And it doesn't help that we literally just had Jeremy Sumter on the show. And he's such a sweet guy that I kind of. He's so sweet. I think I was kind of feeling more for Jeremy Sumter than I was for JD McCoy. No, I, have I know. I thought about trouble that. Trouble separating I'm like, those things sometimes.
1: JD McCoy called his math teacher a bitch, but Jeremy Sumter's the nice guy. Mm, yeah, he's brother. a sweet kid. I like,
0: what? I said kid. He's like 38 now. He's like, yes. he's 52. He's 75 years old. He's a good kid, that Jeremy Sumter.
1: kid. This whole episode is bringing so much brand new information to my brain, and it might be a little bit of overload. Buddy and the mayor had a little fling, a This
0: scene, I mean, I know I've sung Brad Leland's praises a million times on this show, but I love him so much. And this scene, this short little scene just had me cackling because he (laughs) looks over and he goes, we had a little history. You know, before she started playing for the other team.
1: But Mm. I have so many questions. Like how many years ago is that while it was he was married or was this in high school? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. They've known each other
0: forever. I don't know. But I'm guessing in high school, maybe, you know, like one summer back from college. Who knows? But the way he delivers it and he got this big grin on his face. Like, Mm -hmm. don't worry, Eric. I got this. We have a history together. Me and Mayor O'Dell, we had a little tiptoe through the tulips, if you know what I'm saying back in the day. It was good time, Eric. It's just getting
1: better every episode. That <laughs> <But> is <laughs> amazing. Oh,
0: Brad. But Brad just cracks me up. He cracks so, me up. I love that yeah, guy. it's ridiculous.
1: Okay, here's the next thing. Vince needs yes. a job. Yeah. And he's having trouble finding a job. And he goes to coach to ask him for help finding mm-hmm. a job, except that we as the audience know eggs. Exactly where Vince can go to get a job because everybody gets a job at Buddy Garrity's car dealership.
0: Coach should have been like don't worry about this, I got you. I got you covered. I got it. Get, don't worry, kid. I got you covered. There's a little place in town called Buddy Garrity Motors. Garrity Motors? You'll know it because every single person in this town works at Buddy Garrity Motors or has worked at Buddy Garrity Motors at some point in time.
1: Vince would be a good car salesman, I think.
0: You think? Yeah.
1: He said he's, a, he's a little too young right now, but maybe. Maybe later. I'm just saying, like, missed opportunity to make a little more money than minimum wage. I don't know.
0: We'll see. <laughs> but you're right. That usually is your go-to. You need a job? Go to Buddy Garrity Motors. Everybody.
1: Okay. So the baby is Luke's. Oh God, it's crushing. I'm still really impressed that FNL wrote this storyline. Yeah. I'm impressed with where it goes. This was a, a couple of years ago too, and people weren't really talking about this on TV yet. At least not where we go in depth.
0: I mean, yet. I know I said earlier, but like, I like that we tackled the issue head on you know what I mean? We present both sides of the story. We let the audience decide. I do remember that there was a lot of controversy. You know, spoiler alert, Tammy basically takes her to go get her abortion, if I'm not mistaken. It was a very controversial thing at the time. I understand the controversy behind it, 100%. But good on Friday Night Lights for tackling the issue. I think the most important thing that television and film and art in general can do is get people talking. Have conversations. Go talk to that person whose side you don't understand. That's what we have to do as a society is have these conversations and they're difficult conversations and we're not always going to end up on the same side of things, but maybe just maybe if I can see where you're coming from, then I don't paint you as evil at that point in time.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: I think we have a tendency nowadays to just paint with a broad brush and say that yeah, this person and I black. disagree on this issue. And because of that, this person is evil and I'm good.
1: I'm right. They're As wrong. I said before,
0: it's not strictly black and white. Some things are black and white, but this is not one of those things. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about abortion, but I'm talking about just in general. We have to try and communicate with each other. If we can't communicate, then we're lost people. We're lost. And that's what I think that Show, you know, without getting too in depth, is trying to do have a conversation, go talk to that person who you don't agree with on this issue. Maybe you'll come to some middle ground. I will say the great thing about America and what made America great for so long is the fact that we were able to find common ground at one point in time in this country. And it seems like we can't do that anymore. And that will be the downfall of us without getting too political. And I don't think I'm getting (laughs) political anyway.
1: Okay, Coach and Tammy in bed. I love this scene because we did see coach get a little angry before but when he talks to his wife about it this yeah, got that Kyle smirk on and he's like of all the people you could have kissed (laughs) you kissed Glenn like that's disgusting you should have made a better choice about who you're gonna cheat on me with
0: it makes me feel bad for Steve though because Steve Steve is very kissable people sure he's a very kissable guy and you're making it sound like nobody wants to kiss Steve I don't want to kiss Steve but you get what I'm saying it's one of these moments once again where I'm taken out of the show and I go oh come on guys you're making it sound like nobody should ever want to kiss Steve Walker. Steve's a very kissable guy. Come on. I do love that Coach and Tammy, this has become like a very flirty thing with them and it's going to be something that's going to pop up later on. Like, I don't know. I mean, what's Glenn going to be doing later tonight? You know, that kind it's of so thing. It's so funny
1: that they're both giggling about it instead of like, I can't believe you didn't tell me that you cheated on me, whatever. But they're both giggling about the fact that it happened. This is why I love this couple.
0: And it's one of those things too, I think very early on with the show, Kyle and Connie were both very adamant with Jason Kadams and the other writers that like they did not want to have these two cheat. They did not want to have any kind of affairs or anything like that. So even when this story was kind of presented, it's like, okay, we can have that moment, but this is not going to be a serious moment with the two of them. Coach is upset that this guy made a pass at his wife, but coach doesn't feel threatened. But
1: he's not mad at his wife. He's not threatened. Yeah. I love it.
0: And that I think is a really cool thing to play that, you know, that these two love each other so much that they're They're not worried about about it. I love it. And now it's going to be a point of contention, like jokingly, probably for the rest of their marriage. You know, it's 60 years old. Coach is going to be like, hey, you want to go grab dinner tonight? And Connie's going to be like, I don't know. Glenn and I kind of have plans. (laughs) You know, that's going to be a running joke in the Taylor household for years.
1: Okay. I am loving this episode for the Virgil Meriwether that we see now. Steve Harris, who I love so, so, so much. I don't want to say he's turned a corner, but for some reason he's like, okay. Like, I'm going to drop my guard a little bit and I'm going to help. And help in a couple of ways with the park, with Vince, with a bunch of stuff. And he gets softened a tiny little bit.
0: We've talked about this before. I mean, he's obviously a very mysterious man. I want more information. But I do love the fact that Buddy has a relationship with him that goes back years and years and years.
1: They have a good banter.
0: They do have a good banter. It's classic Buddy Garrity again. It's like, of course, Buddy Garrity knows him. Buddy is that guy who knows everybody.
1: But they probably played against each other in football because remember when all the other players were there and, they, and when Buddy walked in, they were so excited to see him.
0: Yeah. That they yeah. all played
1: football together at the same time in high school.
0: There's like two people that I've known in my life that know everybody. Like there's a guy named Brett Gersky in LA and Brett Gersky knows everybody. Everybody, everyone, like when I was on Facebook back in the day, my connection to everyone was like through Brett Gersky. Brett Gersky is the Buddy Garrity of Los Angeles. You know Brett Gersky, don't you? I
1: don't know Brett Gersky. You don't know Brett Gersky? I thought you were going to say Rob Evers because Rob Evers knows everybody in LA Rob too. knows everyone too. Lamorne Morris also knows everybody. In LA. There are those people.
0: That's true too. Lamorne is another one of those people. <laughs> yeah. There's just those people that like. I dated a girl named Kim. We'd be like making out on the couch, and Kim would be like texting. And I'm like, who are you texting right now? But it's because she knew everybody. And because maybe she just wasn't that interested, but she knew everybody and she was constantly texting. Anyway, too much info, too much information for everyone. (laughs) Meanwhile, go Landry. He and Jesse playing tonsil hockey here and I'm all for it. Good on you, buddy. They're
1: goo goo eyes for
0: each other. They really are. And I'm really kind of digging it. And I'm happy as we discussed earlier in the episode, Landry's moved on. I wanted very badly for Landry and Tyra to work out. It didn't work out, but I'm glad the kid has moved on. Good on him! I'm proud of you, Landry. Good work.
1: I like this match better for Landry than Tyra. I do too. I don't know why.
0: I think that the Tyra Landry thing was a match that was made out of trauma. Trauma bonding. I don't think it was an even-sided relationship. There was a little bit of hero worship. Like, he Mm. put her up on a pedestal. You know what I mean? This is
1: more equal footing.
0: And not that Jess shouldn't be put up on a pedestal. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, I feel like they are equals going into it. Landry's already Mm -hmm. had his heart broken. He's already had his first love. And at that point, I think you can go into a relationship a little bit more clear-eyed, a little more full-hearted, and then you can't lose.
1: And also, they haven't murdered anyone together. So there's
0: that. They haven't murdered anyone together. Yeah. They got that going for them.
1: It's, the start. it's a beautiful relationship.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Julie is constantly surprising me now. This very, very cute boy at Habitat for Humanity. She admits, like she says, I'm broken. And this broken girl is just going to straight up ask to kiss this cute boy. And I love it.
0: Stacy, I don't usually do this, but I have a Stacy beef in this scene. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I got a beef. You know, I'm a fairly handy guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I can build stuff. I'm not great, but I can build stuff. And when this guy shows up, he's got his, you know, he's got his work belt on and he's got like one flathead screwdriver, just like one flat, like that's it. You no hammer. can't take
1: my job, Derek.
0: He's got like this really awesome work belt like, Hey, what's going on? And there's like one flathead screwdriver sticking out. And I'm like, Number one, you're going to stab yourself in the thigh where it's positioned.
1: Absolutely. Don't put
0: it there. But then it's like, you're building houses with that flathead screwdriver there. Guy, is that what you're doing? That's my beef.
1: Maybe you missed the part where he's very, very cute. Did you miss that part?
0: He's a good looking dude. The actor in this scene, his name is Matt Barr. Good actor. Good looking guy. I get it. I get it. I will say this. Going back to what the scene is actually about, I, and it may not be PC, I've always been a big fan of having an immediate hookup right after a tough breakup. I highly recommend getting <laughs> some strange after a breakup for our listeners out there. So I support Julie. <laughs> I support her decision. 100%. Just make sure you wrap up Julie.
1: Yeah. To get over someone, you get under someone.
0: Yeah. We don't want to have another Becky on our hands.
1: We don't need another Becky,
0: but I get it. I get it. 100%. You're
1: cute. I want to kiss your face.
0: Once again, I love her and Matt together, but I also think, you know, Sometimes you just got to get out there, get some strange immediately following the break. I
1: love it though that she's like, I don't think we should go to dinner, but I'm going to kiss your face right now instead. Yes. Great.
0: Yeah. Good on you.
1: Stealing that line also. (laughs) Okay. We talked about this a little bit before. The great white hope. I loved that line. I love this story. I love that this show is giving us what's really happening and calling out what's really happening. And it's not going to be this white coach coming in and saving the day in this new part of town. That's not what our show is. And I'm so glad it's not still.
0: I agree. I love that Friday Night Lights called it on the head. You know I mean? There's too many. It's Fern Gully. It's Avatar. It's Dances with Wolves. The white savior comes in and saves Mm -hmm. the indigenous people who are incapable of saving themselves concept. Mm -hmm. And I love that Friday Night Lights calls that trope out and says, look, that's not what this is about. I also love that they got Lawrence Gilliard Jr. to play Eldon. You've heard me go on Mm -hmm. incessantly about The Wire on this show, and all Wire fans will recognize him as D'Angelo Barksdale. Really cool that they got him in for this. He does a great it job. It took
1: me about five minutes of going, God, he looks familiar. God, he looks familiar. But he's so grown up since yeah. The Wire. I wonder how he like when he and Michael B saw each other on set, how that reunion was. I wish I could have seen it.
0: Yeah, that would have been really cool. That Ooh, would been really I cool. actually have
1: goosebumps thinking about it. But yeah, but I was like, you are so grown up now.
0: Guys, we've talked about it before. We if you haven't that. seen The Wire, go watch The Wire. It's a fantastic show. Even just show. season
1: one, that's them. Oh, God, I also love <laughs> Virgil now. I'm just going to say it out there. I'm a fan of Virgil Merriweather. She's on my good list.
0: 100% coming around on Virgil. I will say this though, Vince, be careful what you wish for. You would ask for a job, you beg for a job. And of course, coach gets him a job. Not at Buddy Garrity Motors where things could mm. be smooth and easy. And <laughs> he gets him a job working for Big Mary, who we already know from you know past interactions. These two have a history with each other. I think it's safe to say that he and Jess dated at some point in time and it didn't yeah. end well. And then on top of it, Big Mary knows that Vince has a little bit of a past and he's gotten into some trouble with the law. He doesn't want this kid around his daughter. So in the way that only Friday Night Lights can, our writers stick these characters in situations where there's just going to be automatic tension. I love it. So, yeah, be careful what you wish for. Now you're working with Big Mary. Vince is Barber. so
1: polite to him, too, with his yes-sirs and the doing what he needs to do. It was I liked it a lot.
0: I do too. I love the whole situation. I think there's gonna be some good material moving forward.
1: In that situation though, this tension between Vince and Jess is like palpable. You know when they say that you could cut it with a knife? It's heavy.
0: What do you think Vince did? You think he cheated on her? What was it? Uh,
1: Listen, this is why I'm confused because the tension to me looked sexual. It looked like Jess was still very much pining for Vince with the like last look. So it's like, I know she's mad at him, I know she doesn't want to, but I think she is also still in some way incredibly attracted to him, which likes Oxford Landry. Yeah. But it seemed like that to me. I might be reading it wrong, but Journey's so good at that, just like I acting. And I could tell that she was mm. like still heavily attracted to this other yeah. guy.
0: Have you ever had that situation in your own life, Stace, where you've been like in a relationship with someone, someone that... You- treats you well as a good person maybe you're just not as physically attracted to them as this other person that you know is not necessarily right for you but as the bad boy yeah
1: four times then i can say
0: would you like to talk about him right now on hair stacy
1: very very bad timing for me to talk about this right now
0: i didn't know that it was bad timing i apologize My bad. Um, okay, let's move on. This is a really great scene with Becky and Luke. What do you think about this scene, Stacey? I think mm-hmm. the writers do a really good job of painting just how difficult the issue of abortion is. It's a well-played scene by both of these actors. We get to see Luke basically saying, you know, I don't know if I want you to do this. I don't know how I feel about you having an abortion, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then once again saying, but it's your choice. So I think we get to see that this isn't just some decision that's being made willy-nilly by these kids it's a difficult decision and we as an audience get to see both sides of the issue we get to see a young girl who's not ready to have a child and we get to see a guy who's saying you know i still think that this is a baby you know so it's yeah and i like that
1: luke was just asking the questions he wasn't saying you can't do this but he's posing i hear you but what about also this It was very well done.
0: We're not going to get into a big, huge abortion discussion, by the way, guys, just FYI. Oh,
1: I was done there. That was the end (laughs) of that for me.
0: (laughs) I am not getting canceled. Meanwhile, the scene with Vince and his buddies stresses me out. Speaking of stressing you out, you just know that this altercation outside of the barbecue stand is the tip of the iceberg.
1: Yeah, this isn't the last.
0: And it's so frustrating to me because we know how hard Vince is trying to like get his act together and keep his nose clean and just constantly his past just keeps popping up. And it makes it damn near impossible for him to move on. I do love that Virgil comes outside and basically, you know, tells these kids to hit the bricks.
1: And he has Vince's back a little bit instead of like, oh, these are the kids you hang out with. Yeah, I liked it.
0: it's scary to me. It's frustrating. You have this overwhelming kind of like sense of dread watching these scenes because you know that this isn't going anywhere. These kids are going to keep coming around. His yeah. past is going to keep popping up. It's one of the things that we discussed earlier when we had Jason Kadams on the show. This idea that I'm starting to get attached to this character. And I'm super attached to Vince right now. And I'm rooting for him and I'm fighting for him. And I'm sitting there as an audience going, when the hell did this happen? When did I start caring about these characters that they brought onto this show? Because if we remember correctly, nine weeks ago, we didn't even know who they were, you know?
1: Yeah, I can't tell you when it happened, but I'm fully in with Vince.
0: Fully invested.
1: I root fully for him. I don't know yes. when that switch happened.
0: Wait till the next Ooh. episode.
1: Jeez, way to go, for
0: It's going to get really crazy. As I said before, I love Landry. I love Vince and I hate seeing these two at odds with each other, but it's also what this show does really well. There can be these two characters that I love and I want both of them to end up with Jess and I know that that's not possible.
1: Well, I mean, it is possible but that's a whole other show
0: come on, Stacy, this is a family friendly show and you're throwing out concepts and ideas like that. This is a show where we talk about abortion and racism. Yeah, (laughs)
1: that's it. (laughs) And you're going to talk
0: about this kind of stuff.
1: Polyamory. I'm going to bring it up.
0: And affairs with Glenn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking my reins back from you as the logistic police. Mm -hmm. I love when we get to watch the boys play football for fun. It brings me joy. I do not understand the point of this game. Let me explain. They want to turn the lights on at Carroll Park. And they say, I know how we can do that. Let's have a football game there. Except coach just jumps the fence and turns the lights on at Carroll Park. What's the football game for? When you could just turn the lights on at Carroll Park. Stacy. Oh, God, you're so mad at me. I see it in your face.
0: <laughs> I'm so mad at you. I really am. Do you not understand at this point that football solves all problems? Yes. You <laughs> idiot. Becky's not going to get an abortion. She's going to go play a pickup football game. The race issue, you just play a little football and it's solved.
1: Vince and the guys in the car are just going to have a little pickup game. Landry and Tyra. Republicans
0: on one side, Democrats on the other. Pickup football game. Everybody comes together. It's a happy ending. What's wrong with you, woman? So
1: what you're saying is you don't have an answer to my question.
0: I do not have an answer to your question. I'm sorry. I wish I did. I hate that you wrote this because I can see Stacy's notes, guys. And Stacy's notes are exactly what Stacy just said. Yep, the I don't days. have an answer. I don't know what the point to this game is. Mm-hmm, I think the point in some respects is that yes, football does bring the town together, but I don't know how this solves the problems in Carroll Park or solves the problems in East Still. And I don't think it's supposed to solve the problems. In East I will Dillon. say
1: I watched this episode with my best friend who happens to be Canadian and knows nothing about football and she's never seen the show before. And mm-hmm. so while this game was happening, she goes, Oh, I bet he's gonna see some other players that he wants to recruit for the team. And then he finds that kid and he's like, next year can play she for me. And right. I looked at her. And I was like, what?
0: I think what it does is it kind of gives hope to this community. Getting the lights on, number one, will prevent all these people from hanging out at the park. So they accomplished the main goal, which was getting the lights on in Carroll Park. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to find another place to hang out or another place to, you know, cause trouble and get into trouble or whatever. But like, this is Mm -hmm. one part of the community that is now a little bit safer because they got the community leaders to go in there and make a difference.
1: And the titular problem of this episode solved. Yes. I just like saying the word titular.
0: The problems of East Dillon are not solved. No. The problems <laughs> of inequality are not solved.
1: But some new friendships were formed. Like, Virgil laughed a little bit at Coach, which I found funny when he's jumping over the fence and maybe some new little alliances.
0: Yeah. And if you remember correctly, the thing that set all of this in motion was that Tinker was hanging out over there and Coach was Mm -hmm. trying to figure out where Tinker was. So now Tinker's not going to be hanging out probably over at Carroll Park anymore because there's going to be lights on over there and there's no mischief for the local East Dillonites to get into anymore over at Carroll Park. They're going to have to do their mischief in other places, maybe.
1: At Riggins Riggs?
0: Yes, they're going to be hanging out at Riggins Riggs. It hasn't solved the problems of East Dillon, but it Mm -hmm. has, if you remember correctly, Coach saying, I got a lot of players that live right by that park. And he just made that area a little bit safer. The community leaders have made that area a little bit safer. And in the process, Coach has also started recruiting younger kids.
1: And thank God Buddy has a history with the mayor that I don't think helped this At all, but at least we know that it happened.
0: Well, no, I think it did help the situation because because of that, Buddy was able to get the lights.
1: They jumped the fence and got it with, like, wire cutters.
0: But there were police officers there, so it wasn't illegal. When they got the lights on, I don't think it was illegal that they did it because there were Uh, cops there. So it was just... They didn't didn't have anyone from the city to actually... Clip the padlocks, so they did it themselves.
1: Okay, this makes so much more sense to me. I still don't understand the football game, but this makes more sense now. See, this is what you do for me.
0: The football game doesn't make a lot of sense to me, except that, like, it's just the way that this town kind of gets together, you know? Sure.
1: End of the episode, thanks. I
0: wish I could answer all your questions. You
1: helped me a little bit.
0: (laughs) I think we're done with this episode. There's one other thing I guess we could talk about, and that's the fact that, like, Becky and Tim have a bit of a resolution. She comes to Tim and tells Tim that she's pregnant. I don't know what Tim's going to do with that information, but I have some good ideas of what Tim might do with that information. Mm -hmm. And that's going to lead us to the end of this episode. Uh, oh! He's gonna go tell Tammy. Come on! Oh, I said, I think you
1: don't I didn't know that.
0: Tim's a dummy, but he's not that dumb that he thinks he's gonna handle this on his own.
1: Okay, but I am gonna say that is it for season four, episode nine.
0: <laughs> but please join us next time for season four, episode ten, entitled "I Can't." But until then, clear eyes,
1: full hearts, can't okay. lose. Clear Eyes, Full Hearts is a podcast presentation of Black Barrel Media and Ritual Productions.
0: Executive producers are Stacey Oristano and Derek Phillips, Chris and Mindy Wimmer for Black Barrel Media, and Steve Walters for Ritual Productions.
1: Our producer is Miranda Parham.
0: Send your questions to Pod at gmail.com.
1: And follow us on social media. I'm on Instagram at Stacey
0: Oristano. And I'm also on Instagram at underscore Derek Phillips.
1: Check us out on YouTube and blackbarrelmedia.com.
0: Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.